0: Well, I've had uh, really an incredible time with this series. It's been a lot of fun, you know, even though we're talking about and we have talked about some pretty intense topics, uh, it's still just been so life-giving and and the amount of of positive emails that I've gotten and feedback has really been encouraging and a blessing to me. It's been a lot of fun. This is our last day and then we jump headfirst into Christmas. I, I can't I am so excited! Can't wait to share with you all the cool things we're doing. It's going to be such an uplifting season, and uh, man, just just really excited to, to share that with you guys. But what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to look at some we're going to look at some Bible stories, which I know that's a big shocker, right? Because you're in church, and we're going to talk about some Bible stories. But uh, we're going to look at some things that that Jesus uh, that come right out of Jesus' life and the principle of multiplication. And I'm wondering if, uh, did any of you guys make it downtown? I think it was Friday. We had the Christmas tree lighting downtown. Did anybody go down and see Santa Claus down there? Maybe a couple people did. What about, you know, uh, what was it? I think last night maybe or was Jeffersonville. Anybody go to that? Nobody? I, I, we didn't want to go across the river for that anyway. I, but I, I kind of punked out the last second we were going to go. Did anybody go to the UK UofL football game last night? Is anybody out there? Nobody wants to admit to being there. Uh, there was so many people, so many annoying people there last night. But, uh, man, what a, what a crazy thing. But I was thinking about that, and, you know, these events just draw thousands of people. And we, we're like that. Like, we, we're drawn to certain events where we think or we know, hey, something amazing is going to happen. You know, there's going to be something to see here. And so we want to be, be part of it. And we've talked about this before, but it's easy to forget, I think. That Jesus was a huge draw in his day, when he was going around teaching, and he—I he, mean—he's doing these incredible things. I mean, you were talking about like a like a show. I mean, there's people—he's spitting in mud and wiping on guys' eyes, and is, he was blind, and now he gets his sight back, and he's raising people from the dead, and he's going around and and healing people, and and doing this—you know—this wild stuff, and so people are coming from all over the place just to watch and maybe get close to this guy and and maybe maybe he'll do something for me just incredible stuff but there was another person at the same time that could draw a really big crowd too and and his name we talked about him a few weeks ago if you're here we did a little teaching on this but this is king herod and herod he was you know big big deal at the time uh just really not a nice guy at all and uh Herod, he, one time, just in, in Matthew chapter 14, Herod had thrown, he's throwing this lavish party, we talked about this a few weeks ago if you were here, just this big huge party he's throwing, thousands of people are there, and everyone there is overindulging in everything, I mean, they're eating way too much, they're drinking way too much, it, At one point, Herod's daughter comes out. She does like this sensual striptease thing. It's just a hot mess. Some of you are like, that sounds like our family Thanksgiving we just got back from. is it crazy? But, yeah, we don't go there. But it's just, uh, you know, just wild stuff, right? And, and I mean, just a huge amount of people that are there. and, And at this party, it says Herod was so pleased with his daughter's dance. He said, hey, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? Ask for anything. Up to half my kingdom, she said. Well, I want you to... I want you to murder John the Baptist. Have him beheaded. I want his head on a platter. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. Uh, one of the closest people to him in his life. And so that he, Herod had that done. He had John beheaded and, and murdered, killed. And, and I think about the timing. So that happened. You've got this example, right, of Herod, all the people, overindulging, you know, just lots of everything, and the very next thing that happens in Matthew 14, the next thing that happens in Jesus' life, he just lost one of the closest people to him. And the very next verse says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and they followed him on foot from many towns. He's crushed, right? I now, mean, I get that. I get the desire to want to be alone. Man, I just want to be by myself for a little bit. I'm, this is, he's hurting And not because you, and maybe you've been there if you've had a really tiring day or, uh, you know, you're you're grieving or whatever. It's not that you're withdrawing from people forever, but sometimes your soul just needs to recover, right? We've been there. The the key is to not stay there. But the problem for Jesus was that people wouldn't leave him alone. He's trying to get away. He said, man, I just, I got to have, I got to have a moment here. But the people found out where he was going. They ran on up ahead just to meet him, exactly where he was. They were waiting when they landed, and look at the next verse. It says that Jesus stepped. He, he saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion, and he healed their sick. I mean, he just jumps right into it. He doesn't. He doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't say, "Why won't you people leave me alone? Give me some space here." He just gets right down. And this is there are a lot of great verses in the Bible, but I think this is one of the most compassionate. It really shows us the heart of God. A lot of us wonder, what's God really like? You know, I, I read a little bit, but sometimes it just feels flat. What is He like? I think it's verses like this that show us, just give us a little glimpse of what God is like. Jesus is tired and worn out and hurting, and the people won't give Him a moment of rest. But He doesn't snap at them. He had compassion. The account in the book of Matthew says it like this. In Matthew 9, it says that when He saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless they were like sheep without a shepherd a lot of, a lot of like we are today uh, many of us maybe maybe they're like modern american spiritualists you know many of us and many people around us we're kind of like spiritual free agents like, I, I don't want to put myself under anyone's authority. I don't want anybody to tell me what I should or should not be doing. I, I kind of get to call the shots on that. I, so I, I'm kind of, a, you know, that's how many of us operate that way. We don't we don't want anybody to care for us or give us direction. We just kind of scatter, and it's caused us to kind of be confused and helpless, and and there's no one watching out for us. We're not part of any sort of flock or any sort of community. There's no there's no layer there i I don't need a church i can just blame everything on coronavirus and stay home that's my big excuse and and jesus has a heart for them it's okay let's crank it up let's start giving them and teach them and it says he began to teach them many things and it says that that evening the disciples came to him and they said this is a this is a remote place jesus we're way out here in the middle of sticks you know uh there's nothing there's no like McDonald's down the street, and it's kind of getting late. And why don't you do this, Jesus? Would you send the crowds away, like get them out of here, send them off to the village so that they can go buy some food? They're kind of pulling one of those. You know, it's getting pretty late. Uh, I think it's time for everybody to go home now. You know, maybe we'll start like washing dishes, and maybe that, that everybody will get the the picture here. Like, it's time for you guys to, to move on, move along now. And 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 it, I think it's sort of funny that. The disciples are doing almost like they're kind of doing a favor. Like, you know, we probably all need a rest. They're probably tired and hungry too. Why don't you send them home, Jesus? If you could go ahead and take care of that now, that'd be great. They're, they're hungry. Think about the children. And Jesus says this. I, I think it's it's interesting. We're gonna kind of we're gonna really draw something from this. Verse 16, Jesus said, Oh, that's not necessary. You feed them. Well, this is what's so amazing about this passage. See, this is, this is the problem that we have. And this is nothing new. It's been going on for millennia. But, but the disciples had this problem over and over and over again. There'd be an issue. There's something going on. It's a little problem. And they'd say, hey, Jesus, could you fix this? Could you go ahead and take care of this, please? Uh, we need to do something about this. And we're ready to cash in for the night. So could you do something about these people? And that's what we do. We look at a problem in our world, in our city, in our neighborhood, wherever it is, and maybe it's just in our own family. We see something, some problem, and we say, Hey, God, a little help here. If you could go ahead and rearrange some things for us, that sure would be good. We need you to do something about this. But the thing that Jesus does, and He still does to this day, when God wants to get something done, He does it through you and me. It's not that He couldn't, He's God, He can do whatever He wants. He can do anything he wants, whenever he wants. But over and over and over again, what we see in Scripture, what we see in our world is that God, when he wants to get something done, he uses his church. He uses his people. And Jesus is setting up his movement to prosper and and multiply when he's gone. And there's one passage Jesus said, "At, at some time you'll do greater things than this. You'll do greater things than what I'm doing. And nobody has ever done greater things than what Jesus did but it's been greater in scope, because it's multiplied. He said, this is going to happen. I've got you 12, and we've got these crowds, but we're going to multiply, and this influence is going to grow, and it's going to do more than I personally am going to do right now, and and that's exactly what's happened. It's because of the multiplying influence of Jesus, and it starts with you and me. So some pretty cool stuff happened here last week. Uh, We talked about and we have been talking about doing a lot with a little. And that we can never look down on a small sacrifice because you have no idea the impact that God can make with just a little bit of obedience. When one person says to the Lord, when they say, Okay, I know that this is what you're calling me to do, and this is terrifying, but I'm going to take this step. I'm going to walk there. I'm going to go there and do what you call me to do. He, he man, he, he multiplies that. He does amazing things. And we talked about. Uh, our orphanage in Kenya, the Neowa Children's Home. You, you guys, Many of you know that we've got an orphanage there that we, we sponsor. And pretty, pretty great stuff happens there. Um, and, and so last week, we, we said, hey, we've got about 23 kids that are in need of, be, of being sponsored. They need somebody to donate $25 a month so they can have school supplies and clothes and all that kind of stuff. And you guys stepped up and you took every one of those kids. All of them are sponsored, which is really cool but but I, I think about and this is what where my brain goes is okay 23 kids and say like, well that's not very much and 25 dollars a month well, that's not very much but I, I think about the multi-generational impact of that then I think about you guys and your stories like many of you you are here today because of something a decision that, your grandparents made years ago that's my story is my I've my uh, my grandparents on my mother's side my grandmother she accepted Jesus as a teenager and and because of that decision it's led to a lot more and and our whole family we're, were Christ followers because she made a decision way back when and a lot of you are that's your story is somebody, and maybe it's not anybody that you ever had the chance to know, but because they took a step and they were, became obedient followers of Jesus, they've passed that legacy of faith on to you. And it's changed you and your children and your grandchildren. And it just multiplies that way. And I think about these 23 kids in Kenya. We'll probably never get to meet any of them. But what about them as they grow in their families? And their kids and their grandkids and the legacy and just the fact that they're alive. But more than that, they're alive and they know Jesus. Think about the impact that that has. And now you're beginning to talk about hundreds and hundreds of people who are impacted because of a little bit of sacrifice that gets multiplied. Jesus said, I want you to feed these people. I want you to do this. And the next verse, it sounds a lot like us. It sounds like our worries and, and maybe our excuses. They came back and they said, but we've only got five loaves of bread and two fish. Right? If you're familiar with this story, you know there's a kid there that said, hey, this is what I got, a little bit of food. But you're welcome to it if you want it. Just five little loaves of bread and two fish. Not very much. It's just like this kid's lunch. You know, maybe it would feed a couple of people. So they're like, we don't have enough. And th- this is what most of us say to God when he says, I want you to be generous, and I want you to have an impact, I have put you on the earth, and I've given you gifts and resources, and I want you to be faithful with them and make a difference with them. And the first thing that we say back to God is we say, well, but you haven't given me enough to do that. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm struggling here. I need a little bit more. Maybe, maybe I would, God, but I've only got this much. It won't go very far. It won't make a big difference. So Jesus says, well, bring it here. Just bring it to me, which is what he asks us to do now. We're doing the same thing. This isn't rocket science stuff. He says, bring, bring it to me. Bring it before me. He says, watch what I'm about to do with this. In verse 19, he said, he told the people to, to sit down on the grass. Now, I just, you know, there's sometimes that I'm reading something, and I'm like, oh, okay, this has nothing to do with really what I'm talking about, but I just have to talk about it because I just think it's cool. I just think about this verse, he told people, just get all the people, gather them all together, have them sit on the grass. I think a lot of people have this idea that when God gets a hold of us, it's like everything has to be painful and hard from now on for the rest of your, your life. It's, and, and, and it's like, you know, we would think of this verse like, okay, Jesus would say, okay, I'm going to do something now and I'm going to change everybody's life. So gather them up and have them kneel down on their bare knees in the gravel and be uncomfortable for a while because buckle up, we're, we're, here we go. It's like we, we think that when I come to the Lord and I come to faith that that means that everything's going to be painful. And, and there's a lot of people I know that think that that's the way church should be, that f- for church to really count like, for me to have been to church, it, it had to have been a little boring and maybe a little painful. And, oh, if I didn't, if I didn't feel uncomfortable, then, then that didn't really count. And Jesus said, let's find some grass and have these people sit down. I don't know if that speaks to you. It, it did to me. But the rest of that verse says he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up toward heaven. This is important. And he blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples, who distributed it to the people. He did something really amazing there, and you, you can't miss this. He, he, somehow we don't know what this exactly looked like. I mean, I've seen, I've seen lots of little Christian plays where they tried to replicate that. You know, where you got like the basket with a hole in it in the floor and. You you know, nobody in the audience can see like, oh, look, I'm pulling out more loaves. You know, like I'm multiplying it, whatever. We don't know exactly how it happened or what happened. But somehow he took this little bit of food and it was multiplied to a point that everybody was fed. and, and, And you see what he's doing. He's involving them in it. Jesus didn't just say, well, here, bring it to me and then I'll do this and then I'll give it to everybody else and I'll take care of everything. And you don't have to do anything. Just sit back and watch. He involves his disciples, his followers. He says, I want you to feed them. I want you to do this. Here's what you're going to do. I'll take care of the, the, the really important part, but you're going to be a part. And the, the whole deal, when we, talk about, when we talk about generosity and we talk about tithing, giving 10% of our income back to the Lord and trusting that then he'll take care of us, that this is what he's asked me to do and then he's going to take care of my needs, he'll use those resources to bless other people and expand his kingdom. It's exactly what he's doing here in this verse it's exactly what's happening he took this little sacrifice what they had and Jesus multiplied it and then he gave it back he said go make a difference with this make sure everybody here is is fed make sure everybody is taken care of that's exactly how it works generosity feels weird I I know it does we are Americans We celebrated Thanksgiving, for goodness sake. This is, we overindulge. That's what we do. Like, we make jokes about the stretchy pants, and I ate five plates of food, and, uh, you know, I ate three pies all by myself, and that's who we are and what we do, because we consume and consume. We want everything for us all the time. Sort of like Herod's party. It's all about me and what I get and and, and everything is extravagant and over the top and plenty for all and then you look at the way of Jesus and this is where it goes against the American grain he says watch what I can do with this this is the kingdom of God this is the way it works so giving feels really weird to us it it is weird and God does this to, to test us he's testing us He's looking at me and you and he said let's see what you do with this let's see if you're going to be faithful let's see if i can trust you to uh be a place for more blessing whatever that might look like you know Uh, the, the way that we order our lives is critical what's really important and i know so many people that that uh that are not discipled and they're not disciplined and they never get ahead i mean their life is just this constant struggle constant struggle, and maybe they do okay financially, they might have, you know, been able to do okay with that, but, but it's, they never ever get ahead in life, it's like problem after problem after problem, and okay, I get this one solved, and then another fire comes up, and I'm trying to put that one out now, because there has to have, there has to be order to it, and there is a divine way that God has ordered things, and he says, this is how life works, you put me first, and everything else will fall into place you got to trust me, though. When you do that, watch what happens. It sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. People are like, oh, come on, whatever. But pretty much everything I say from this stage sounds crazy. I mean, you think about, like, well, why would I forgive somebody who's hurt me? Sounds kind of crazy. Well, what, what about, you know, if I'm sick? And, hey, let's all pray for this person who's sick and because we believe in know well, that God has the power to heal them. That sounds kind of crazy, too. And we can trust him with our with our lives, you know, that that we, we should we should pray for people who have who are against us, that the fact that there's a God who loves you right where you are, even as messed up and as messy as you are, Jesus said, Yeah, I died for that mess. That's all crazy stuff. None of it makes sense, but it's it's God's stuff. It's not we're not making it up as we go. It's the word of the Lord. And this is why we we have. For the last few weeks, we tried to we tried to encourage you guys, get involved with this. Take God at His word. It's not about what you're doing for, for me or for us or for the church or anything else, although that's great. But take God at His word. Grow in this. See what He will do in your life. That's why we did the, the 90-day tithe challenge. And you get cards in your seats, and there's some out in the lobby. If you want to, if you want to do that challenge, we're trying to remove every barrier we can possibly remove and say, We'll make this as easy as possible for you. If you'll start giving, if you'll start tithing, do it for 90 days. And if you come back and say, man, that was a disaster. It did not work. I've not been blessed. God hasn't done anything for me in my life. Then we'll refund you everything. No questions asked. We'll give you all your money back. It would, I can't make it any easier now to say, hey, listen, it's not about the money. It's not about this, but it's about your spiritual growth. It's about what God wants to do in your life. Take him at his word. He says, test me. Test me in this. Let's see if I won't bless you. We're trying to help you do that. Test him. Grow. What kind of a difference is made when God's people are God's people? Jesus said, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to feed them. I'll multiply it. I'll make sure there's plenty. But I want you to take the faithful steps that I'm calling you to take. Verse 20, it says that, People, after he multiplied, they they all ate as much as they wanted. Everybody was fed. And afterwards, the disciples, they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So it was probably more like 15,000 or more that were fed that day. Everybody's needs were met. Jesus supplied the need. But the thing that we can't miss is in that verse we looked at just a few verses back, it said that he... When he took the five loaves and he took the two fish, they brought it to him and said, okay, this is what we got. It's a little, it's not very much, but this is what we got. It says that Jesus took it and he looked up towards heaven and he blessed them. Money has to be blessed before it can multiply. God has to bless it when, before the, the resources. When they took these resources and they gave it to Jesus, he blessed it. And when we take our tithes and we give it to God, he blesses it. And he begins a multiplication work, a building into other people's lives and into his kingdom. It can't multiply unless it's, until it's blessed, until God's doing something with it. And I, I, I believe this stuff so strongly because this is what I've seen in my life. I mean, I'm just I'm not, I'm not lying about my story. This is what God has done for me over and over and over when I've been faithful. He's taken care of me, and he's multiplied it. That's why we do the 90-day thing to make it easier for you to take that big step because with these things, it's, it's a mixture of faith and math. There's, there's that tension there. Like, well, how is this all going to work? I don't know because doesn't, this doesn't make sense on paper, but yet God says to do it. So how do I how do I reconcile the two? Do I start with, with three percent, work my way up to ten? What about my what about taxes? What about my retirement portfolio? What about my 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 stock stuff? How, how does that all work? And all those questions are good. And I really know that God. What I know is that God just likes to see when we're growing. He loves it when we're growing. But what I know is with the blessing, money has to be. Given away before it can multiply. Some of us think, well, I'm going to give this, but I'm going to hang on to it first. Because I'm going to let that interest grow a little bit. Once I once it grows, then I'm going to give it. Oh, look how much more I'll be able to do. Or we think, well, I'm going I'm to wait because I'm this, that, or whatever. we got different reasons. I have those reasons myself sometimes because I think, oh, I just, I just want to hang on a little bit longer. Can I, just, can I just have that cozy feeling of just having it just a little bit longer before I give it away? I just... Ah, I just love it right there, you know, right there in the bank account. Isn't that so nice and warm and tingly-wingly? <laughs> it, has to be, God, it has to be given away before it can be multiplied. Before It can't be blessed until it's given. God says, I want you to give it, not hold on to it, and then I'll expand it, and then you can give it once. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. That's why Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So last weekend, we were pretty pumped. Uh, you guys sponsored all of our orphans in need. That was, we were just, uh, man, just, I'm, I'm always so thankful and grateful to be part of this church. Uh, and we just have so many generous people. And last weekend, we gave out uh, the Christmas bags, because we've still got a few of those left, uh, a couple dozen, I think, for our, our kids in our, uh, in, in Faraday Elementary and Lasseter Middle School some of these children that are that are really in need they may probably for many of them the only Christmas gift they're going to get this year is what you guys supply through those bags that's that's all they're going to get um, so most of those went out last weekend uh, but but we've got we've got a few left and really want to get rid of those today but I, I know for our family that's kind of like a triple blessing for us because on the one hand it's like we get the satisfaction of knowing, man, I'm doing something that's making a difference for, for somebody, for this child. But then I also, like we take some with our kids and we say, okay, we're going shopping. We're going to go shopping now for these, for these kids and you guys are involved with this. And so that's kind of like the second blessing is now I have the opportunity to form my children to help them understand this is important. And I want, I want you to grow in this. I want you to be a generous person. So we kind of feel blessed that way, Megan and I, because it's like, okay, our kids are getting this. But then the third part is, hey, God actually promised in his word, when you give, I'll bless you. I'll take care of you. So it's like, there's just no losing there. It's just, it's just you know, when we sing that song, all my life, you've been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. We can trust him. We just trust him. We take him at his word and then watch what he does. And that's the best part. It's, it's all the blessings. And if you haven't taken one of those bags yet, be sure to grab one. But the last thing I want to mention, this is so, this is so exciting. I, I, I've been thinking about this all week. And I'm really pumped about it. Uh, because of a, a generous donation to our church, we have 40 children's bicycles that are here that we are going to be giving away. And we were talking about this as a staff, so we got these 40 bikes, right? And we're like, the first question is like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with 40 bikes? And then the second question, you know, it's kind of, what do we do? How are we going to disperse this? And we're like, maybe we could call the schools, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that. And, and, and somebody said, you know, why don't we, why don't we, J- Jesus said, you feed them. Jesus didn't say, oh, bring it to me and I'll take care of everything. He says, you do this. So we said, you know, what if we, we get these bikes... Our people, people that call Fairdale Christian their church, you, every one of you all know probably a family up the street from you or in your neighborhood or wherever. You, you're connected to somebody that is just having a difficult season. That a bicycle for their child would be a huge blessing. So if you know somebody like that, we want you, we want you to take one of these bikes. And we want you to... We want you to give it to them and you give it to them on behalf of the church or on behalf of the Lord or whatever you want to do but just as you take that and say hey listen I just want you to know that there's somebody that cares about you and you got a God that hasn't forgotten about you and Merry Christmas and God bless that's it And we want you to do that we want you to take those things and so if that's you you don't have to take it today say oh no I just I don't have space in my car it's all right. We're we're not giving them out today just when you go into the lobby, you look at one of the vertical TVs, it says giving back for Christmas, bags and bikes. You can get one of the Christmas bags there, or you can sign up to get one of the bicycles. We've got the different genders and, and sizes of bikes, so you can sign up for one, and then we'll, we'll give you a call to let you know when you can come get those. But all these things seem pretty small. You know, Christmas bag, an orphan in Kenya, a bicycle, a package of socks for the homeless. It, It'd be easy for any one of us to think, well, I don't have much to contribute, so it really doesn't make that big of a difference, does it? Like that little boy with the loaves and a couple of fish, he probably felt that way too. Do you know how God can multiply that? We figured up this week that just with those donations, not including including any of our offering, not including any of the benevolence work that we do regularly around here, uh, none of that... All of that excluded just what was done last Sunday. This congregation pulled together to give over (laughs) $20,000. That is in addition to the $60,000 plus that we will have given out this year in benevolence assistance and missions all over the world. That's a lot of impact. Start thinking about that, you start adding up, and you realize, wow, that's a lot. And then you think about the individuals going on behalf of the Lord and saying, Hey, I want to give you this. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that there's a God that cares about you. You start thinking about the multiplying factor there. I love the story of Jesus feeding the five thousand, but there was another place in Scripture where he did that again. I don't know if you know this, but there are actually two times that he did this. He fed the five thousand. Uh, but then there's a, a similar situation where people needed to eat, and this time he fed 4,000 people with just seven loaves of bread. And it's funny because they did this, right? So they did it again, fed all the people, and then they left. And the disciples started arguing with each other because they had all forgotten to bring a little food with them to eat. So they're like, oh, we got nothing to eat. We just did that. We just fed 4,000 people and nobody thought to take anything with us. And now here we are starving and they're all hangry, you know. So they're all having a big fit and fighting and whatever. And, and Jesus, I was in one of those moments like, oh my goodness, are you, are you kidding me right now? It's like I feel with my kids sometimes. Like, are you really arguing over that stupid little thing? And it says that Jesus said to them, do you guys remember when I fed the 5,000? Do you remember what happened there? How that happened? How about what we just left, guys? Do you remember when we just fed 4,000 people with seven loaves? And the disciples saying, yeah. And they said, well, how much was left over after we fed the 5,000? And they said, 12 basketfuls. And he said, well, how many were left over after we fed the 4,000? How many was left over at that time? they said, seven basketfuls. And then he says a great line in, in the New Testament, in the book of Mark. Jesus says, do you understand yet? Do you get it? Is this sinking in at all? It's so easy for us to forget because we're human. We are. We're human and we're dumb and we just just move on to the next thing so quickly. But God always takes care of our needs every time. And we think, but if I give it, then I don't have it. And if I don't have it, then I don't have it. And what if I want it and what if I need it? And God says, how many times have I taken care of you? How many times? What happened the last time? How how many times have you had everything that you need? Have I not blessed you? Have I done nothing? When have I not forgiven you? When have I not given you a full life? Now, it may not have been a life that was free of pain, but it was full nonetheless. Do we not yet understand? I think Jesus, you know, he loves us. I know he loves us. And I think in his love and his mercy, he's... gently able able to ask the question say listen guys do you understand yet do you get it yet remember remember don't forget this is the test that God continues to give us and like it or not we will continue to answer either yes or no and it's my prayer that we'll be bold and courageous and say Lord yes whatever you say What do you require of us? We'll go there. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for being so good and faithful to us. You love us. You watch over every every one of our needs. Lord, I pray that you would bless our families. As we go into this Christmas season, I know that there are men and women here today that there's there's empty seats around the table. Uh, there, There are also, there are, family members that have wandered away from their faith and they're angry at you right now. They're angry at us. I don't know what's going on. But I know that there are many right now that are struggling in a, in a big, big way. Lord, would you use Fairdale Christian Church, would you use the men and women that make this place up, this, our church, uh, to just be a, a light that shines brightly in the community this year, this Christmas season? Lord, help us. In our own families, as we reach out to those that we love, and we remind them gently that Jesus hasn't given up on them, and that we haven't given up on them. Lord, give us the right words. Give us the wisdom that we need. Lord, we know that there's so many from our church family that have wandered and like sheep have gone astray over this last year and a half. Lord, I, I don't know what we can do. I don't know what to do, but I know that you are still the good shepherd And that you go and you find the one lost sheep. And so, Lord, we pray, we ask that you would use us whatever way that you can. That you would continue to pursue the lost. Help us to be like that, to pursue the lost. Use our generosity, Lord, to make a real and lasting impact in the world. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. See you next Sunday. We're going to celebrate Christmas.